Hello there. there. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And today we are back finally with another episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Today we are continuing on with our journey of droids. We watched the ninth episode of droids, Kobe and the Star Hunters, which is the beginning, which was the end of the Tumuzan arc. And then we watched the TV special that leads into our final arc, which I'm calling the Mungo Baobab arc, which because Mungo Baobab is the droid's master's name in this final arc. And that is called The Great Heap. We have, so The Great Heap is a TV special and it was around twice the length of a normal droids episode. So we had around an hour of stuff to watch for this week, week's recording, as opposed to our normal 14 minutes. In Kobe and the Star Hunters, the droids accompany Prince Kobe to join the Imperial Academy, along with Jan, who is waiting for the results of his own application. While changing ships on the shady planet of Lakesh, Kobe and the droids are looking at used spacecraft, and Kobe's pet is kidnapped. R2-D2 and Kobe buy a ship to chase after the kidnappers, and they end up attaching their small ship to the kidnapper's ship, riding with it in hyperspace to the planet Dandelo. When they detach in the planet's atmosphere, they run out of fuel and crash. They are found by the local Fuzzum species, who have been displaced from their homes by the Star Hunters. C-3PO convinces the Fuzzum to help rescue Kobe's pet, whose name is Inji, we find out. C-3PO imitates a wild animal call as a distraction, and Kobe and R2-D2 sneak into the base to rescue Inji. They meet a human named Greege, and after a big scuffle, they, they successfully defeat the Star Hunters, Kobe decides to go with Greed, who made it his mission to return all the animals that the Star Hunters had captured and return them to their natural habitats. And Jan, who also uh, came back to rescue them at the last minute, is accepted into the Imperial Academy, and he parts ways with the droids, because droids are not allowed at the Academy. Yeah, and in The Great Heap, R2 and 3PO tra travel down to the planet of Baitu, well, where they're supposed to meet their new master, Master Mungo Baobab, who's a merchant. Mungo Baobab was going down to Baitu to try and harvest some... I, I, no, I think he was going down just to do business with the with the, Bait, the people of Baitu, right? Is that correct? Yes, I, I believe so, yes. And so... Basically, the basically they cannot find Mungo Baobab. So instead, but instead they do find that the skies and atmosphere of the planet of Baitu are being completely evaporated, and that the planet has been taken over by a robot, by a droid called the Great Heat. He came to do business on, on, on the on the planet, but instead he was captured and imprisoned by the Great Heap who is mining various ores and, and just absolutely scavenging the planet of Baitu. He, we all think this is another local criminal effort, but it is revealed that the Great Heap have been, has been employed by who else but Admiral Screed from the end of the From Gang arc. Um, this is an imperial project at harvesting the planet of Baitu, and we also learned that the Great Heap is powered by a bunch of astromech droids in a what's called a droid harem which was basically a bunch of we'll talk we'll get to that trust me it was basically a bunch of astromech droids that he puts in his mouth and then they recharge him and then they're basically fried away um and that's how he gets his power to do the crazy things he does and so they decide with the help of two natives named fidge and his pet chub c3po r2d2 and, and r2d2 rescue mungo and manage to free the 
free the planet from the tyranny of the great and they go out and uh, and and they go out and follow Mungo, Baobab and and continue their adventures in the galaxy. So that's a very basic summary of the episode, but that is for all intents and purposes what happened. So you want to get into this? Yeah, so Cody and the Star Hunters. I don't know what you thought. I thought it was a very interesting episode. It was it was it definitely had a lot a, of a yeah. It had some, you know, it had a signature, signature droids moment, droids moments that we've come to love so much. I know I sound like a broken record. Record. Also, I apologize if I I sound a little bit off. I am I'm feeling a bit under the weather right now, so that would explain it. I really like C-3PO's expressiveness in this episode, especially. It's just so delightful. It works so well. And I'm really coming around to the music as well. The show is just, it's a vibe. There's there's yeah. no other way to say it. It is. Oh, absolutely. I, there's a, a there's a, there's a, there's a great like sensation that comes, especially after seeing the theme song and, and like, 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 like in trouble, in trouble, in trouble again. And then hearing that familiar sci-fi. Yeah, it's as ingrained. It's, it's as ingrained into my brain at this point as the Clone Wars theme or the Rebels theme was. Oh, 100%. Watching. Yeah. Those um, shows every single week. Yeah, and I, I, this is interesting. I just find it interesting that, that we start with Kobe being a major asshole. Like, he is an entitled brat, basically. He, yeah, I mean, like, he's a brat for most of this episode. And, and I'm, I'm surprised, actually. I didn't think at the beginning that they were going to successfully turn him around. And I'm not saying that they did it successfully, but I'm saying... They made a valiant good effort. I think it was a little like, I, I think they could have played down his dickishness at the start a little bit to make it a little bit more believable. But he 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 did have a character arc and and I liked the ending they gave him with, what's his name, the human, the Greege, with Greege to go take all the animals that were captured by the Star Hunters back to the planets that they belong to. I think that's a really, I think that's a really wholesome ending to this arc. And it actually, I feel like it matches a lot of sentiments from like, native groups in our real world to return certain artifacts from museums that were produced by people who colonized i don't know that's what made me think of and like the idea of like giving the the artifacts and, or, and giving, giving the giving stuff taken and putting museums back to people back to the people who owned it in the first place before they were invaded by colonial forces and i, I thought that's a really interesting idea and i i think there's i think there's a lot to that and obviously they were not trying to make that a, that analogy because it was the 80s and this is a relatively new and progressive unfortunately idea but i find it interesting as a parallel well i think it's an idea we've we, we certainly know that it's an idea that's 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 been around it's been around forever and ever only recently has it you know become more more popular in the in the mainstream um to to most people i think i would say but i yeah. I, I it made me think of you know, when I think about Star Wars, we think about the messages of Star Wars. We, we spend some time talking about this, quite a bit of time. Environmentalism is not usually one of the things that really comes to mind when we think about the messages that, that Star Wars really has to offer on the whole. Why not? I, I was pleasantly surprised. I like yeah. I like that message. It's just not something that really comes forward. You know, we talk about we talk about corporatism. We talk about, uh, you know, there's you know, identity sometimes. We talk about, you know, fascism and politics a lot. But it's not yeah. really something that that comes up as much. Though as I will say there are other topic. examples. So it was cool, especially there are other examples of it, especially as we'll get to in in the Great, Great Heap. Yeah. So that, think, that's what it made me think of. I think actually but, Andor did that quite a bit well with Aldani. Oh yeah. Where oh, yeah, sure. the Imperial oppressors didn't understand the 
planet the way that the natives did and the eye was the thing that left. and i think there's also remember that episode of tcw mercy mission where they have to where c3po and r2 ironically enough have to figure out the disturbances on the planet and achieve that natural harmony between the elena that live above and the other stuff like orphney and like the 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 ents or whatever they're called i forget what they're called to achieve balance on the planet that that seemed very like much like an ecological message Yeah, Um, yeah, and okay. I also believe there's an episode There of are Resistance other examples. in season two called, I think it's called From Beneath, which is a pretty clear climate change allegory. So I think it's a message that Star Wars has been slower to, to pick up because it's not incredibly obvious with Star Wars's brand, but it, it's there nonetheless, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's it's there, but I I enjoyed seeing it because I don't see it as much as I see other. Other messages. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, Um, absolutely. I, 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 it, it just inspired me that you're, you're saying, saying we didn't see it. I'm like, well, have we? I, I, it inspired me to like, be like, what other examples of this do we see in Star Wars? yeah, fair enough. Now, what else? What else do we think for uh, for Zalakesh? I feel like there's not really a whole lot to. I said that Zalakesh is, is the droid's version of Dayu, and I'll stand by that. Hmm. I do like one little detail. I really liked was the, the little. I think. They look like marble balls, like a packet of marbles, kind of that they're using for money. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cool. And really Yeah. a, a droids moment right there. And that was something I enjoyed. Yeah. I, 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 I found a lot of parallels here because I felt like, you know, immediately after touching down on Dandelo, they get, they get captured by a native tribe very briefly on Dandelo. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I feel like, like, I feel like Kobe and the Star Hunters was a major influence for Nomad Droids. Like, specifically. I know the whole series is a, was an influence for nomad droids but i feel like this one specifically and great keep actually like like taking down a fascist robot overlord those are the two main plots of droids those are the two main side plots of droids i'm Yeah, not saying and speaking that they were taken of, directly but it's nice seeing where some of those ideas might have come from yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of interested. I, I really noticed. I was kind of wondering if, if Dandelo was any inspiration for the, for the Kashyyyk system, because I, I know I just noticed the trees look very similar. If we're talking about it, but if we need to talk about inspiration, we need to talk about how this entire, the entire Dandelo, Dandelo part of the the story feels a little bit. or a lot at times, like just the return of the Jedi Endor, I, you know, I, that I part drew that of the parallels story too, yeah. just kind of, just kind of recycled, you know, you have, you know, this like primitive-ish native warrior-like species, you know, teaming up with the outsiders to take down a, to take down a force. We even have some net traps, we have some net traps thrown in there for good measure. And especially for something that came out as this and Ewoks, it was the first, like on-screen Star Wars offering since the first three movies that started it all. So I kind of I kind of I kind of wonder why they seem to hew so closely or use this strategy so much of kind of recycling ideas from the original trilogy. I don't know what do you think about that? I think that, again, I think Star Wars wasn't taken as seriously during this point. I think that Star Wars is a, and I'm not saying it wasn't taken seriously, they obviously took this show very seriously, but I think that they, I think that Star Wars as a franchise was still a very new idea. I think it was very much viewed as the trilogy, and oh yeah, we're doing something on the side here, and this doesn't really matter, it's just R2-D2 and C-3PO palling around. Um, Just something, just something for the Saturday morning.
yeah, just Saturday something for the Saturday cartoons. morning cartoons. Yeah. yeah. I was actually, I'm going to push back on the Kashyyyk thing because I don't think it was an inspiration for Kashyyyk because Kashyyyk was actually seen before this. Really? Um, Wait. Kashyyyk was seen me. for the first time in the animated portion of the holiday special. Oh, oh and also in the, in, no, not oh on the animated, the I live action part of the holiday special. The live action part of the holiday special. Oh, wow, bro. Um, no it, way. Wasn't called Kash- it wasn't called Kashyyyk. It was actually called Kazook. Zook. Wow. Yeah, Kazook. And I, I stand corrected. My goodness. I did not know that. That is very, very cool. Small spoiler, that actually was a question for the Legends exhibition match in Epic Confrontations that we filmed a few weeks ago. I'm very excited for everybody to see that. And there were some people surprised by Kashyyyk originally being named Kazook. So we actually know of Kashyyyk's origins. And Kashyyyk actually, as Kazook, was actually originated, I'd say, what, what, what would it be? Around like seven years before this. So that's interesting. What was I gonna say? It yeah, is, but it's interesting. It it's it, it yeah, I I, I it's it's interesting. The, I don't know if you saw this in the episode. I mean of course you saw this in the episode. There's that droid that confronts them that's working for the Star Hunters, and it looks like a freaking transformer. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. There's a lot of droids that kind of especially yeah. in the next episode as we get to. I know, but like this they, one specifically looks like looks like a transformer. Yeah, no, I Let's know the one see. that you're I know the one that you're talking about. I want to. I want to see. I'm looking on Wikipedia to see exactly what it is. Droid right. models. It maybe it's the patrol droid. Maybe it's these patrol droids. Yeah, I think it's the patrol droids, but they look like freaking transformers. And I don't know. That took me out of it a little bit, but you know, they they take their swings and they they take their misses. Yeah, the fuzzums, which are the 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 species of the tribe, definitely raise some callbacks for me of Endor. And the Ewoks, absolutely. I don't know if you saw this, but C-3PO told R2 the odds, which was, uh, which I thought we were going to get way before this. And I'm surprised it took us like nine episodes into this show to get C-3PO talking about the odds of something succeeding, honestly. Now that you you mention it, I think you're right. I didn't surprise by that. Yeah. And what's I going to say? And and so then we meet Greej, who's been, who basically like, again, Mm. they captured this guy. Um, you know, it's, yeah, an, it's one thing to capture, creature, basically. Yeah, it, it's one thing to capture a creature, but this is a, this is an actual person that they just basically enslaved and captured. Like, the hell? Yeah, um, no, crazy. It, 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 it's like a fucking criminal gang. They're they're running on Dandelo, and like, like again, it. I I think that the Empire probably has no idea what's going on because they're too busy, you know, doing their stuff, and they don't really care about this minor crime stuff. But holy shit, no, they don't care at all. They don't care at all. I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting the way that it kind of it's interesting the way that it kind of plays out with the gang. Um, because I do think that you know that, that we have this kind of crime, you know, flourishing in the in the empire's shadow. Kind of, you know, they're they're kind of yeah allowing everything to happen the way it does at the same time as you know having of course as we know from all the lore and everything they're very you know order peace tough on crime kind of messaging i think it's interesting that the show kind of maybe not purposefully it kind of gives us another example taps into that a little bit i think that's you know something that we could see a little more maybe in season two of Andor. you know kind of the the political the way that the empire messages that's definitely not something that they lean into in this show obviously you know it's the kids show saturday morning which is fine by the way it's great i love it um but I, I don't know in terms of in terms of messages things to talk about in this episode it felt a little thin definitely one of the more one-dimensional of the episodes i may yeah, say i thought i thought it was the interesting biggest, 
for me, I thought what I thought was interesting for me, at least the, I don't know, there was a few moments in there that I thought Grage was going to die. And I'm like, are they really going to do this in a kid's show? And they yeah, had me legitimately anyone... worried. I don't think we've seen anybody die. I don't think we've, we've seen anybody seen die any, in this show. Any living, living being die in this show. No, I don't we've think seen so. A, we've seen droids get dismantled, but yeah, it's a pretty, it's very tame. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very, it's tame. very tame. It, it, there, even the villains always get away at the last second, or you know, blah blah blah. Well, except but, for the great heap. We'll get to. Oh that. yeah, the great, but but even that's a droid. Even the great heap's a droid. So yeah. that's 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 still not breaking the rule. That is still technically not breaking the rule. So what's I gonna say? But I I was legit convinced Screech was gonna die for a few seconds. And then there's this whole there's the Jugadoo gambit. The Jugadoo oh, gambit the Jugadoo is so gambit. fucking weird. The Obi Wan would be proud though, imitating an animal's call. Obi Wan would be proud. Yeah, he would. My favorite part is is the unintended consequences of C three PO imitating the Jugadoo, which is an actual Jugadoo finds them. Which is fucking hilarious. Yeah and, yeah, and 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 there's that there. I think maybe one of my favorite lines from this entire series. This could never work between us. A plus, no notes. Oh yeah. Do you have anything else for this episode? Or do you want to go to the very last thing? I don't know. I thought the ju- the jug you do was just funny to me because I I actually had to remind myself. Wait, no, Disney didn't buy Star Wars until 2012. Because the Jugadoo looked so much like Dumbo in some of the Disney animated properties and 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 things of that yeah, nature, yeah. I kind of Jugadoo is de- I kind of Jugadoo did a is, double take. Yeah, the Jugadoo is definitely one of the more, more wild animal designs that Droids has done, but I actually quite like I quite love it myself, honestly. They really do see through people dirty though, in 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 these episodes. Like every episode, he has some kind of crazy crazy injury, and this one, what his his head is like sticking way up on this bouncy. His like neck turns into the spring. And he has a high pitched voice. There's the episode where he's like, crawling around. Like he, he, see, he for, just cannot catch a break. See for me, that's just classic C three PO. Honestly, yeah. But then we get really... the then we get the Sorry. news that seals the 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 arc closed. That 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 seals oh, the yeah. arc and explains which is and and, and it's weird because Thal, you know, Thal had to they had to abandon three PO and R two to become of this the become a part of this business. And yeah. they kept talking about the Academy, the Academy, the Academy, the Academy. And I was wondering, I'm like, it's probably that Academy, but I'm not sure. But let's be clear. Jan Kosh abandoned C-3PO and R2 to become a space fascist. That's what happened. Yeah. I, like, I think it's one of those. Yeah, I would assume it's one of those. One of those scenarios where, you know, maybe they don't have the whole story of the Empire, you know. Oh, like absolutely. Luke, I'm not know, blaming. To join I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not blaming Jan at all. But but and and it, it's brushed off in this episode. But like, let's consider what we're what 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 Jan is actually joining. Yeah, especially since R two D two and C three P O seem to be. So actually, that's interesting. Yeah, that R two D two and C three P O they seem to be so well traveled and and knowledgeable, and they have their ideas about the Empire, and they're just totally cool with uh, yeah with Jan going off and and becoming and, a space and, fascist. Enlisting yeah. for the empire, especially um, that's, considering that's really, the fact, and especially considering the fact that, and we, and they didn't know this when they were doing that then, but it's still true now that R two knew what the empire was because he saw some of the people who created it. C three PO got his memory wiped, but R two didn't. So, Ooh. but R two was just there chilling, let. Letting one of his masters be a be be part of space fascism. I mean, R two is kind of a menace. 
R2 is kind of a menace sometimes. I'm not going to be totally surprised. R2-D2 is a menace to society. I don't know. I I looked up. There's this thing. There were, there was this text. There were these, like, I think it was like a, yeah, it's a, it's a, there were reference articles released in 2013 before the, the Legends canon reset. They're written by two Star Wars authors in Legends named, Legends authors named Abel G. Pena and Rich Handley. They're called the Droids Reanimated. And it actually cleared up a lot of the canon discrepancies or at least like the Legends discrepancies because it was part of the Legends canon with droids so basically oh, the idea wow. was yeah the idea was that i because I, I looked this up because i was interested in, in, in it explained a bunch of the backstories of certain characters and how they fit into the canon there was a the tanta v4 was raided by pirates a few years into the empire and c3po and r2 abandoned ship and that's how they got onto ingo in the first place that's how this whole thing began oh which by the way oh. uh, an attack by pirates on a on a ship working for an official, you know, government source. That's basically how Nomad Droids starts. It's, actually, it's the Separatists, but it's but but still, that's basically how Nomad Droids starts. So this entire show is basically one long Nomad Droids. I guess you could view it that way, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I which I which I find fantastic. Yeah. So what do you think of this? What what do you think of this this episode in general? Mm, in general, excuse me. I think it's a pretty all right episode. It's very confusing, kind of meandering. Um, but it definitely picks up. It definitely picks up in the second half with the the the, the jugadoo and the the fuzzum and all that greed and all that all that craziness that ensues. So I would say, for what it is, it's it's droids doing what droids does best, which is lighthearted silly playing with different ideas and testing things out um and making kind of an enjoyable romp in the process yeah in my notes i call it a fun if tangential ending to the tamazon arc and i'll stand by that oh it's fully like, tangential like it's like, fully it, tangential <laughs> it, 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 it it's mostly to wrap up loose ends and i respect its ability to do that cleanly but it was all right it was all right. Not my favorite. Not my least favorite of this series. But let's get on to this freaking behemoth episode known as the Great Heap of this TV special. Oh, yeah. So we're beginning R2's and 3PO service to a third master named Mungo Baobab, who is a merchant who seems a bit, who, who I gotta say, I, I at the beginning I thought he was going to be just another th- version of Thal or Jan. But he seems pretty different, actually. At least different enough. He's a good guy, but he definitely has the bottom line in mind in a way that Thal and yeah. Jan didn't. Mm, yeah, fair enough. He is a merchant. Yeah, he's he's a merchant, and he he's concerned most. Mo- he's very concerned about the bottom line. The special was written by Ben Burt, who is the sound designer from the original trilogy, who made most of the sounds you're familiar with in Star Wars: R two D 2s beeping, Darth Vader's breathing, blah blah blah. I have some questions for Ben Burt after this one. I have some questions. That's all I'll say for now. I have some questions for Ben Burt after this one. <laughs> I know. I, I quite like this episode. I, I quite, quite like this. No, this, no, it's a, it's story. a, it's a yeah. good episode. It's a good yeah. episode. There's just some moments where I'm like, Wait yeah, a second. And this, yeah. this is the only episode where there were two moments where I had to go back and watch a scene with closed caption to say, did 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 they say what I think they just said? Yeah. Let's um, let's let's let's. Um, I, I will say taking out that the the all the people on the ship with sleeping gas. I thought that was a really cool detail that automatically like like cued us into the fact. That something sinister was happening here. Oh yeah, it was a sick moment. It was a sick idea. Um, too. Very creative. 
it, it almost pre-referenced it for me it kind of pre-referenced the gas in phantom menace yeah we don't see we don't see a lot of gas attacks in star wars that's interesting yeah not generally a preferred method of uh of, of destroying your enemies but yeah, if it works but, it works so r2 and 3po are captured by the great heap and, and r2's taken to who wants to burst the bubble on this one he's taken to a uh, by two no what on by two. Oh, the droid harem the droid harem yes you heard me say that correctly we're not making that up this is yeah this is cultural appropriation right like i feel like it has to be what do you mean because like a like like harems are specifically like the, that that whole idea is like a specific thing that that has been like you like it, it has origin its origins in the middle east in the area of the world known as the middle east and i feel like it's been very much appropriated by many western cultures i'm not saying it, i don't think it's as bad as the the tamuzan people in the last arc but it gave me bad vibes honestly oh i didn't even know that i was just i was just kind of shocked that they were they were they were gonna be like oh yeah this giant droid like practices like polygamy with these droids that he like eats and kills to fuel himself i was like it, it is one of the strangest things we've seen in this series yeah. so far and that's saying something is um, this a moment when we say star wars is about the why not the how is that is this applicable <laughs> i don't even I, I would say so yeah nope. i would say so yeah. I, I think this I, is really I think it's just this this is just a fun adventure story and I think it's it's really interesting. I think the Great Keep is the most threatening villain that we've seen in droids so far. Yeah, I really was I, I mean it helps he the, try and... it, I was gonna say it helps the, uh, but that I don't think we're gonna obviously we're not gonna see him again after his destruction. So he doesn't have time to become campy like Kaibo Ren or like Size From. Yeah. But it's it, pretty campy at the end with his now that was some of the most the great heap has some of the most ludicrous egregious voice overacting that I've ever had the pleasure of witnessing. I mean, he's just screaming for what minute, two minutes on end, nonstop, pretty much in the in the in his final scene. I don't know. I, th I think it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's you, definitely you... a lot. I'm. I, I I really we'll get to it that when we get to that. I just want to say that that I did not expect Admiral Screed to return to turn in this. That was a oh, delight. Really? He was basically a, the equivalent of a glup shadow in the fourth episode, and they just bring him in as basically a like a, a, a second secondary villain in this arc, yeah. which I thought was completely deserved, actually. Oh yeah, sure, arc. Screed's back. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes sense. It, it it's funny though that he's randomly happened to encounter R two and three PO on two different adventures on two completely different planets i think that's just funny yeah i know big galaxy but, small empire what, what yeah. can you say you know and yeah so the, we find out the great heap is working for the empire which is really interesting because you know you could classify the great heap as a battle droid and if you remember i think this is also exists in legends too at least in canon the empire banned battle droids even by its own military from usage because of the anti-battle droid sentiment still lingering mm. on from the clone wars yeah. now they bypass stuff like with the kx droids they, they bypass stuff with the kx droids in canon which they called security droids and not battle droids even though the, even though come on they're battle droids and what's i gonna say but 
but but I but I thought that was really interesting that they're and this is one of those things I feel like like we're seeing a lot in the Bad Batch right now that the Empire says they're not doing but they're just doing and keeping it really quiet and 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 my minor spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the most recent episode of the Bad Batch at the time of this recording Metamorphosis it's kind of like what the Empire is doing with cloning they said they banned cloning and get like they said they're not cloning anymore it's and and they aren't there but like and. They're trying to clone, they're just not using the Kaminoans much anymore. And I also love that we got a shout out finally, because Screed says the Emperor will be pleased with this plan that they've developed. And finally, we got a shout out to the Emperor, which I'm, I'm surprised it took this long. I'm surprised it took 10 episodes to get, to get a Palpatine shout out. Is this the biggest presence that the Empire has had in an episode of droids? It, it might be. Oh, I, I'm pretty certain, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's actually, I think, what I loved about this episode so much is, you know, I have the picture of the droids animated stormtroopers in the background with their batons. And that's Star Wars imagery. I, this is one of the times I felt like, yeah, this is a Star Wars adventure. It's, an, it's not just an adventure that happens to be taking place with a few notable characters in the Star Wars universe. No, this is a Star Wars adventure. This is the, the Empire is, is, is a major villain. And you could say that this is, yeah. at least in Legends timeline, one of the first main acts of rebellion against the Empire. Yeah, you're right, yeah. It absolutely is. And I think that's a really interesting idea that that, that R2 and 3PO were, were involved in one of the first major acts of rebellion against the Empire that nobody heard of, but they, it, was still, it still happened. It's it's very fitting. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but one thing that really interested me and in, in, it, it really it kind of interests me about droids in general, but especially this episode, I think just the way that they they kind of push the boundaries of droid versus sentient being human you might say you know with the droid harem it's like a spa you've got droids listening to walkman with the headphones you got droids in the pool you got droids you know playing droids playing chess i think droid droid romances even yeah um, absolutely. I, I think it's just really interesting how much and and it happens throughout droids but how much they kind of stretch and push the boundaries and yet, at the same time, they still have that rule of like, oh, we can see droids get dismantled, but we don't see living being, we don't see like sentients get killed in yeah. this show. So I and, think it's a bit, there's a little bit of dissonance there, kind of, which is there's, interesting. There, there's the question, obviously, that we ask with a lot of canon shows, but I think we can ask this with this show, you know. There's a tradition with Star Wars shows being, a, being about a lot more than the title says it is. For example, like, you know, we assume at the beginning of the Bad Batch, the show, we talked about this last season. The, the Bad Batch was for just referring to Hunter, Tech, Omega, Echo, and Wrecker. But we then, but but then we we were thinking about all of the friends they made along the way that that helped fight against the Empire and who were outsiders in their own societies. And we're like, are those people the Bad Batch? And so obviously it's about droids. But is it just about R2D2 and C3PO, or is it about the status of droids in general? in this imperial landscape and how the galaxy thinks of and i feel like that the great heap is the best suggestion at least for me that that that, that is kind of what this show is about and it's not just about those droids it's about all droids it's about how they're thought of in the galaxy you know we go back to the first episode i think or the second episode i forget which one the one we did with mccoy i forget which one which one of them was but we we did this with michael mccoy and i remember pointing out like the whole like when size from and take from walk past C3PO and R2D2 without even noticing them as the invisible oh, yeah. presence droids have in the galaxy to some people. Yeah. And they're ov that, so overlooked often. 
yeah and, and there's been a lot of interesting things about how droids are perceived in the galaxy far far away and that's really interesting oh yeah it's 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 very interesting you know i think obviously especially in this episode we kind of the, the the vision that this show has for the way that droids experience existence and experience i guess you know the pleasure and enjoyment emotion it's 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 really remarkable i think compared yeah. to what we get later on because it gets so it gets so toned down in, in the rest of star wars by comparison yeah absolutely and yeah there there's it, 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 you know, we didn't think there were going to be so many interesting themes in this, but they proved us wrong here. They absolutely proved us wrong. There are some really fantastic themes that we're looking into about, you know, again, the way the droids are are viewed in the galaxy, the way they're the the way they're the place they have in society, and I think that's that's a really interesting part of this episode. I gotta say that they that R two D two kamikazeing the the moisture tower, and then like the great keep being taken down and in a lightning storm after the 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 wedger the evaporators go down screaming curse you baobab like that is some metal shit and i love it oh yeah you you could not it's, it's, you could, it's, it's, it goes hard it's absolutely such a like a campy but like absolutely they committed to it they committed to that ending for the episode yeah, um, I, I kind of like how un, unabashed it's unabashedly campy it's unabashedly yeah, it's unabashedly it, campy. It, it's really it's dramatic, hilarious. but it knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah, and, which is and camp. The, yeah, it is doing camp. <laughs> it is it is doing camp. I I will say about, that. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I want to talk about the empire sure. in this episode because I think what it, what is interesting, you know, coming off of, you know, we're going into the new season of Mandalorian, post empire. We're coming off of Andor. That's that's still on my mind a lot i i think it's really cool it's interesting how even from from the very beginning of star wars or close to the beginning we really see the in the messaging how the empire is kind of it's propped up by maybe not propped up but it's kind of enabled and it works because of corporatism corporate greed you know unchecked unchecked yeah. capitalism and the people often who are doing the dirty work who are kind of making the empire work who who provide that mechanism of dominance are are you know economic exploiters basically yeah absolutely. i just think, I think that that's a that's it's, a really it's cool great to point. see that that goes you know we we yeah. rebels all the way back to the 80s and i i, I enjoyed seeing that messaging even back then yeah, I think there's there's some really great stuff in there. And I think also the thing I'm thinking of is like the last point of this episode that I was going to get into, which was about like, you know, we talk about, you know, well, we'll obviously, you know, Stormtroopers are the greatest represent representation of this, the faceless empire, the big tyrannical dominant forces that like strip people of identity, strip people of who they are. That's a very Star Wars thing. And, you know, what does the Great Heap do? The Great Heap the great heap uses those astromech droids as batteries it doesn't care us it, it doesn't give two shits about those about those astromech droids it because it it to 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 the great heap it's just a battery and you know it absolutely wipes out that one droid when it's when it's repowering 
and doesn't even think about it. And then at the end, R2 and the other droids restore power to that to that beaten up asteroid droid by giving up some of their own. That's selfishness versus selflessness of Star Wars. That's the force healing of this series. That is yeah. you, you, it, it's 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 saving the ones you love, not fighting the ones you hate, it, to quote Rose Tico in The Last Jedi. And I thought that was like intentionally not. I think that was a great like it's 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 it's, it's great light side theming that's consistent with Star Wars. It's it's about it's about like it's it's about you know absolutely you can't get too attached, but it is about focusing on love over hate and focusing on seeing individuality rather than seeing everybody as expendable or, or just a piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, what else do you have for this uh, for this episode? I'm not sure. I, I just I think this There's is some there... crazy things like the mad the mad doctor droid. Yeah, that that's that, there's that's... this mad doctor droid who's gonna you know, cut up R two, and I think is this droid listening? It, it seemed like the droid had headphones on, maybe, and was listening to classical music. I couldn't quite tell. Did these things kind of like headphones, maybe a stethoscope? I couldn't tell what it was, but there was definitely like weird classical music that didn't really fit the vibe. So I thought maybe I don't know. It was it was it was very strange. It was it was Patrick Bateman esque almost. I don't really I don't really know how to what to think of that. Yeah, um, I think there's there's some yeah. The show's got some moments, you know. The, the show moments. absolutely has some moments. I feel like the the <laughs> second half of the Great Heap was, I think, my favorite episode of the show so far. If like if we split into halves, the second half, it, the second episode would be my favorite episode of Freud's we've had so far. I think it perfectly nails yeah. a like a dystopian, a campy dystopian feel, and the Star Wars elements that we all know and love. And I think it nails yeah. those themes. And also, bonus, as C3PO said, oh, I love a happy ending. It would, it would, it would be up there for me, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm really excited to go into the, the Mungo Baobab stuff. Um, I think Mungo has, is a really interesting character, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. Anything you, else you have for either of these two episodes? No, I don't know. Maybe this is my new, my new conspiracy theory. Probably not true, but I, I got to, sh- like, after this, it's, it's hard for me. Or it's hard not to ship R two and and C three PO just a little oh, bit. 100%. You know, the way the, the way C three PO was, the way he was reacting, the way he was emoting when when R two was taken, and then, I mean, and, we know R two already is like second only to Chopper in terms of droids who are just might seem sweet, but are just absolute menaces. He's going after yeah. this other astromech, and then he sees he sees C three PO, and he like Axel. He's all surprised. He's like, oh, well, nothing, 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 yeah. nothing. Wasn't doing anything. Like, come on, come on. Hashtag, and, hashtag. I ship R, R two, R two P O. And yeah, R2PO. and three P O crying after he thought R two was destroyed, but there was a fake out. Like that was that was one of the best yeah. moments I think I've seen in the series. It it, it absolutely worked. And obviously, we know R two survived that, but it yeah treated the moment like R two, like like yeah. like in fact R two did die and. Yeah. That made his his reappearance all that more, at least in the story, for story purposes, surprising. But I think if not Star I, Wars, if someone doesn't fake their death, yeah, if there's a fake out death, yeah, if they're in the fake out death, no Star Wars, yeah. But I think that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Next week we are going to be diving into the actual Mungo Baobab arc of the show. Those episodes are going to be Tale of the Rune Comets and the Rune Games are the two episodes. I'm very excited to look at both of those. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Galaxy Pod, Instagram at Star Wars and Galaxy. Let's do us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
anywhere you listen to your podcast, we will be there. If we're not, email us at swnagalaxy.com. Our stream has been once again postponed, but it is probably going to happen. It is going to be happening on Sunday, which is two days from the release of this episode. We're so excited to have Brandon and Maggie and Sean Room talking with us about Star Wars seasons of television. Epic Confrontations is going to have a double feature in March, and we're very excited about that too. But I think until next time, may the force be with you. Always. Always.